<laughs> so I'm going to first gush on how I know Erin. I have seen her, I've been inspired by her on social media for the last three years. I just met her three weeks ago. And when I met her, I walked into a room, she was talking to a group, I was like, oh my god, that's her. Because her energy just filled up the space. She's passionate about helping young women keep their power. We, we are badass little bitches. <laughs> Something happens at 11 and 12. And she is committed to make sure that who we show up and all that beautiful swagger and confidence, beautiful authenticness under 10 maintains. And I am here for that. So we've talked about joy. We've talked about finding our path. We've talked about baby steps. And now, oh, Stephanie yesterday brought home the communication with so much meat and potatoes that if you have not heard this woman speak, you want to. It was amazing. Now, we're going to talk about the power of relationships with Aaron Tarr. And Aaron, I cannot wait. Get up here, girl. <laughs> and they're waiting, and they need you to figure out this piece that I'm still figuring out is rewarding real and reciprocal relationships. And I'm okay with the fact that I'm not great at relationships because that has led me, because I am the right one, 
to be like, well, crap, I better figure this out. So I've done a lot of research, so to speak, and I'm gonna share with you the things that I'm learning. Not that I've learned. Well, some of them I've learned, but that I'm learning, and I'm gonna be real with you. Does that sound good? Yeah. <laughs>
more socially connected, live longer. So this is why it matters. And it matters to me because I want y'all to live longer because you guys are amazing and you're doing awesome things in this world and you're bringing awesome things into this world. And I want you to do that as long as possible, as long as possible. So it's important to me. Uh, we are an average of the five people we've, uh, that we are spending the most time around. Have you heard this before? Is this new? Okay, I'm seeing some nods. Good. Even if you haven't heard it, like think about it. The people that you spend the most time around, you start to talk like them. You might even dress like them. You go to the same places that they go, right? You watch the same TV shows they do. We are an average of the five people we hang around. So it's important that we have a sense of who those five people are and the impact that they're having in our life and the impact that we're having in their life. This is, this is me, this is what I do. So I work with teen girls, helping them find their fierce life, habits, mindsets, attitudes necessary for success, both now and in the future. And so this is my framework, this is what we do. That's not what we're talking about today. We are talking about the stage that all of that's on. And that is what we talked about this weekend, right? Um, habits, Dr. Lofton. Anybody witness session where the word habit was mentioned, right? Absolutely, habits. Mindset, was anybody in the session where we talked about mindset? Yes. Uh, I don't know if anyone mentioned attitudes. That wasn't a big one that I heard, but with teen and tween girls, it's an issue. <laughs> but all of that does not happen in a vacuum. All of that happens on the stage of our relationships, of our social setting, of who we're surrounding ourselves and where we're going in life. And so that's what we're talking about today, the stage. I have a free gift for you. This is a QR code. If you like take a snap of this, I'll put it up later again too. Um, I, if you take notes, awesome, but it is a very fancy bunch and there are lots of things on the table. And if you don't take notes, it's totally fine because I have a little bundle that I would love to give you. So if you snap that, you can do that. Also, if you snap me, please tag me. Okay. <laughs> so this is my daughter and her name is Addison. She's 14 years old and she's been stopped for braces. I can't really tell I'm sure she has one, but um, FYI, she is one of the most amazing people in this world. If you have a chance to know her, you should totally get to know her. She's awesome. But her life is what really started me thinking about what even is a friend. Because as I mentioned earlier, I'm not great at relationships. I was very socially awkward. I never knew the right thing to say. I never knew the right place to go or the right people to talk to or how to dress or what to do. And relationships have always been a struggle for me. And then I had this beautiful baby. Like, oh, how do I help her do better than I did? <laughs> and in this day and age, we've got Facebook friends. We've got LinkedIn connections. We've got work friends. We've got the people that we go to junior league with. We've got, you know, we have friends all over the place. But what does it even mean? How do we throw that word around? What does it mean? And I'll never forget the day that Addison got in the car and picked her up from school. She was in the fifth grade. And she's one of those people that like is always like almost annoyingly in a good mood and positive and happy. Sometimes it's like, really? Is life really that good? But this particular day, she was not herself. And she got in the car and she I'm like, how's your day? Oh, good. Because she won't, she doesn't want to admit that she didn't have a great day because that's like her MO, I had a great day. I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's dig in on that. Like, you don't quite see yourself what's going on. She's like, well, my friend Jenny, names have been changed for seven years. My friend Jenny uh, said that the braids that we spent all that time doing this morning made me look like a kindergartner, and why was I doing that? I'm like, oh, how did that make you? 
like, well, not great, because I was really, I mean, and it, legitimately, we spent time putting two cute little, like, Laura Ingalls Wilder braids in her hair that morning, and I didn't do that, so it was a special thing. <laughs> and then her friend, you know, made her basically feel, like, not great about it. We worked through it. We processed. Um, the next day in solidarity, me and her and her two sisters all wore braids to school, proudly and loudly, because that is what we do. Um, but I have to say, this friend Jenny, she's known since kindergarten. They're in eighth grade now. They are still friends. This was not the first, nor was it the last, nor will it be the last time that this friend has been more concerned with what's cool than how her friend feels. More concerned with how she's presented or who she's hanging out with or whatever, right? And this situation in particular, but many situations surrounding this friend, uh, led me to this advice from my daughter. And if you're writing things down, you're gonna to wanna to write this down. And this is what I told her, and this is why she's so friends with her. Don't mistake your sardine brownie friends for your double chocolate cake friends. I'm gonna say that. <laughs> Don't mistake your sardine brownie friends for your double chocolate cake friends. Now, if some of you are confused, that's fine. I get that because this is something that I invented in my head that you may not have heard in the past. Uh, sardine brownie friends. Oh, I'm pointing at the wrong thing all the time. Uh, oh, and I even wrote it there so you can like write it from the screen. Look at me. I'm thinking ahead. Um, a sardine brownie. Imagine, imagine some of these wonderful pastries, right? But imagine a chocolate one. And I'm sorry if you don't like chocolate, but. I, I don't need that negativity in my life. <laughs> Just imagine this luscious, amazing brownie dripping with fudge. And you go to pick it up and you're so, oh, your mouth is watering because I know it's not done. And you take a bite and then you get something a little fishy and a little salty mixed in with all that yummy goodness, right? And again, sorry if you like sardines, but I don't want it together. I don't want it together. And that's what it's like to have a friend. They can be very sweet, they can be awesome, it can be fun, but also, you know, that you're not quite sure what you're gonna get with any given bite, right? You don't know what's gonna happen. Science calls these ambivalent relationships. I call them frenemies or sardine brownie relationships. And science also tells us that these are the most stressful relationships to have. Even more stressful than enemies who literally just want bad things for you. Because enemies, you just know they want bad things for you. Frenemies, you never know where you stand. What group am I going to be okay with them in? When is this going to work? When is, you know, how should I act now around them? Am I going to be safe today? Or is this going to be a day where they might be making fun of me? I don't know. And I wish I could tell y'all that this ends in junior high and high school, but you know that it doesn't. You know that it doesn't, right? But let's talk about the other side of it, right? So that's a starting ground, friend. What's our double chocolate cake, friend? What is our double chocolate cake friend? Y'all, I have an entire social sweet shop, which I'll share with you in a moment. And what I've done for myself and my clients and my daughters, because relationships are hard for me, is I put together this framework. And it's all based on food because I love to eat. And it talks about the different layers of friendship. And so double chocolate cake, these are our go-to, ride or die, BFFs, we know. And here's how you spot them. First of all, you have to have been friends with them for a while. One of the biggest mistakes that clients make, often in romantic relationships, <laughs> is they meet somebody and they think, oh my gosh, we are double chocolate cake, we love everything that's the same, we're amazing, we're awesome, I'm gonna share everything I know with them, 
know they're going to be like my partner for life. You're 13. <laughs> but this is something that we need to think about because they need have been, we need to have been friends for years because we need to develop the time for the trust and the vulnerability. Those are the ingredients that go into developing a double chocolate cake friend, right? There's the cocoa, the sugar, the baking powder. There's the time it takes to develop. There's the decoration. All of that takes time for these friendships. And each moment that you have with them where you can trust them and they can trust you is adding a little bit more to that goal. It's adding a little bit more to the ingredients. And last but not least, you just love being with these people. You feel safe with them. You know when you show up, when you call and say, hey, I need you, they're gonna be there, right? Those are your double chocolate cake friends. So don't, my daughter, I told her, don't mistake that starting brownie friend for a double chocolate cake friend. It's okay to still have her in your life. You don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You just need to know how you need to respond and act when you are around her so that you can be safe. That's the key. So I'm gonna share with you the rest of the sweet shop. I'm not gonna go really in depth with this, but double chocolate cake friends, ride or die, love it, love it. Usually you can only have like three to five of these friends. You can't keep everybody that close. It's just not physically, emotionally, mentally possible. So if you've had the same double chocolate cake friends since you were like five years old, awesome, congratulations. That's not most of our experience. A lot of us are still looking for some. Like maybe we had some and then we moved. Or maybe we were in a certain um, club or organization and we thought those were our people and then something shifted and it's not that way and we're still looking for them and that's okay. I'm in that boat, okay friends, it's okay. But then we have our Rice Krispie friends and y'all, these people are sweet. These people are sweet. These are the people that you can still go out and have fun with and enjoy your time with. They don't take as long to develop. These are the people that you're going to find in your volunteer organizations, in events like this, in, um, Oh, what else am I thinking? Like, when I talk to the girls at school, I'm like, oh, in your clubs, or your sports, or your athletics, you're spending regular time with these people. That's what makes them Rice Krispie friends. So whether it's at least once a month, but sometimes it's once a week, maybe these are the friends that you see in class, you're not calling them up and sharing your deepest, darkest secrets, but you're having a good time and you look forward to seeing them. And they, you can have many, many more of these. And they're so much fun. And I encourage you to continue developing those because some of those are gonna become your double chocolate cake friends if you put in the time and effort and energy. And then there's our jelly bean acquaintances. And these, these are my Facebook friends. These are my people, y'all. I love, I'm an extrovert. I love as many jelly bean acquaintances as I can have. I want to be friends with all of you, at least at this level. Um, but they're still sweet, but you can just pick them up and find them anywhere. If you've got eyeballs in somebody, we, Emily and I, are jelly bean acquaintances. We follow each other on social media. We got it, right? And then, of course, our sardine brownie friends, which you already talked about. And I left off of this, are just plain sardine enemies, because that's just depressing. And I hope you guys don't have enemies. Um, where you can usually find those is in the comments section. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, I hope you don't have any of these. And I, and I work with my teenage teen girls that feel like they do have them and talk about, like, is this for me? So that is what we're doing. So what do we do about it? What do we do with this? Well, first of all, if you have young people in your life, I would love for you to talk through this with them. Because this gives you a sense of like, oh, who is that kid in my class that I'm calling a friend? Because, oh, that's the thing that we do now, right? Just, do have any of you had kids in like preschool? Oh, yeah. Hello, friends, we're all friends. It's like, okay, well, we're really taking the meaning right out of that word. <laughs> but I want you to share this with them, but also questions to ask yourself as you're thinking about your closest friends. 
Do I look forward to spending time with this person? Do I feel heard and seen when I am with them? Or is it just me always showing up to care about all their stuff and there's no reciprocity? How do I feel afterwards? <laughs> Maybe I was looking forward to it because I hadn't seen them for a while. I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be great. And then we have this whole thing and then it's like, well, I can't get those two hours back. <laughs> I wish I'd stayed home to watch American Idol. <laughs> and then ultimately, what shelf do they really belong on in the social sweet shelf? Where do they belong? Because again, you do not have to just cut people out. We talked about this. We did talk about this. Sparkle said, sometimes you're going to have to cut the cord because people that have come with you to here maybe not are going to be able to go with you there, and that's okay. But that doesn't mean they don't belong somewhere, right? That doesn't mean that you have to totally cut them out, as Monica tried to do to Phoebe. No, Phoebe tried to do it to Monica. <laughs> do we have no friends fans in this house? Okay. <laughs> what is it happening? <laughs> but what shelf do they really... What shelf do they really belong on? That's what we have to kind of evaluate. And then how are we going to conduct ourselves based on that? So that's that. If you're lucky, if you're lucky, I hope that you have some double chocolate cake friends. Uh, Catherine was obviously a double chocolate cake friend to me in college, right? Um, we lived together at Snyder Hall for two years. We were even roommates the second year. Then our junior year, she became a resident advisor and I moved into an apartment. And our relationship started to shift because we weren't spending, we weren't going to the dining hall every day together. We weren't, you know, we didn't live in the same space. So we didn't have quite as much in common. I still trusted her. I was still vulnerable with her. But our relationship started to shift. And then our senior year, she continued to be an RA. I moved into a different apartment. And I remember, I can still picture where I was sitting. I was at a computer in my apartment. It wasn't my computer because I, I did not have that kind of dough. Um, but I was sitting there and I got an email from her. It was a very heartfelt email. She was talking about how she was recognizing that our relationship was changing and that she missed our old relationship, but that she was trying to be really appreciative of where it was now and get used to this new place that we were headed. And one of the biggest regrets in my life I did not respond to that email. I mean, I told you guys, I suck at relationships. Um, I mean, I was, I don't know, I was 19, 20 years old, and I didn't know, I didn't have the words to express how I was feeling or what I wanted, and I just ghosted her. And because we didn't live in the same place, and because we didn't interact as much, like, it just kind of faded from there. We actually ended up in the same major. She was elementary, or no, she was secondary education science. I was secondary education history. We had many classes together in the last couple of years of college. I was on the five-year plan of judgment. And, but it just never, it was never the same. It was never the same. And I, I truly regret that, but that is why I bring to you someone I am truly indebted to. What I want to talk about is how to be a double chocolate cake friend. Because it's easy for us to sit there and say like, oh, who's, you know, who do I want to be friends with and how does this work? But y'all have heard, right? Have a friend, you gotta be a friend. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> At least not well, I'm still learning, right? And so I'm deeply indebted to Brene Brown for all of her work. Do we have any Brene Browns? Yeah. Oh, thank you, she's 
I mean, oh, she is definitely like one of my three people at like my ideal dinner party thing. Oh my God, I love her. Um, but she has come up with this acronym, RAVING, which is the seven key elements to building trust. And she talks about it in an organizational standpoint. So bosses and teams working together, talking through their issues. But as I've dug into it over the years, it's in her book, Dare to Lead, in case you're looking for another book to read. Um, as I dug into it, I thought about how it impacts mother-daughter relationships, spouse relationships, romantic relationships, friendship relationships, and that's the way that we're gonna look at it today, this braving acronym. So here we go. B is for boundaries, right? Oh, who talked about maybe Stephanie talked about boundaries last night in her talk. Everything she was talking about was like, be clear about what's okay, what's not okay, and why. Say it in your email, say it with your words, make sure that you are being clear about what your boundaries are in a relationship. I am not good at this, friends. <laughs> the closer we are, the harder it is for me to have boundaries because I just want to make you happy until I'm not happy. And then we're not friends anymore. <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. Um, so, but if we can, and what I want you to think about as you're doing this, and this is in the PDF later as well, so you don't have to write this down now, but think about on a scale of one to 10, this is one of my favorite tools to use with my clients. On a scale of one to 10, how are you doing on this one? 10 is like, I am awesome at setting boundaries. I am super clear with people, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. I'm gonna be super kind, I'm gonna be super clear. And one is like, yeah, I sacrifice everything for everyone else because I have no boundaries. Think about it, on a scale of one to 10, where are you at? Because that is a measure of how you're gonna show up as a double chocolate cake friend. R, you do what you say you'll do if you're reliable. In relationships, being aware of your limitations so you don't overpromise. I know none of you overpromise, and we don't do that. We don't do that. But we show up when we say we will, and we balance competing priorities. You guys have 75 million, come on in, <laughs> priorities. You guys have so many things competing for your attention constantly. And friendships are just one slice of that. But as we talked about earlier, a very important slice. I'm telling myself again. This has been over a decade ago because I didn't have children at the time. And I was in a friend group and we had a friend who was in grad school and she was like really struggling through grad school, y'all. We were like, man, what can we do to help? How can we do this? And I am pretty sure I was the one that came up with the brilliant idea. Let's do a meal train for her. So like every week, she doesn't have to think about making a meal. What we should have just called you. But this was a decade ago, you weren't doing that then. Um, but let's, you know, let's space it out over the course of the whole semester so that each week she gets a meal from one of us. And that'll just be one less thing on her plate so she can really study and she can like get into what she needs to do, what have you. And none of us had kids at the time, so this was just a brilliant idea I had. Literally. So this was the spring semester, it wasn't until probably August or September of that following year that I realized I never took her a meal. Not only did I not take her a meal, I signed up to take her a meal and then did not take her a meal. One of my toxic traits is that I am not very good with the email friends. <laughs> Message me on Facebook or Instagram, I will get back to you, but email is not my forte. And wherever the reminder went, whatever happened, I was not reliable. I did not show up for her the way that I said that I would. Now, in my defense, she lived in St. Joe and I lived in Champaign, it's very far away. <laughs> so, 
I've gotten better at this. I've gotten better at figuring out like what is my actual capacity for this friendship? Mm -hmm. What can I actually do? How can I show up for this person? Accountability. You own your mistakes, apologize, and make amends. <laughs> this takes a lot of humility, friends, right? It takes a lot of humility, and it's hard because we all, but we all mess up, right? We all have issues. We're all going to do things that we're like, crap, I should have gone to that, or I shouldn't have gone to that, or I should have said this way, or I should have been more sensitive to that specific issue in their life, or fill in the blank. Now, some of us apologize too much, and that's also an issue, but that's not what we're talking about right now. We're just talking about legitimately being accountable for the things that we're doing and the ways that we're showing up in our relationships. False. This one needs a little unpacking. You don't share information or experiences that are not yours to share. I need to know that what I say to you stays with you, and I know that because you're not sharing information with me that other that is other people's to share. Not yours, right? I have a friend who I love, and this has been a struggle for me in the past couple of years because I had in my head I'm like, oh, I'm like her closest person, so she tells me stuff, but like she wouldn't tell my stuff to other people, right? Y'all, I'm 42 freaking years old, and I haven't figured this out yet. <laughs> As I started to evaluate this, I had to start reevaluating our relationship and think about what am I sharing with her? Where is she really in my social sweet shop? Because if she's sharing my st stuff of others with me, she's probably sharing mine with others. And that just doesn't show integrity, which is our eye and our braiding uh, framework. Choosing courage over comfort. This has to do with our values, friends. Not just professing our values, but living our values in our relationships. And this is hard, really hard, if you don't know what your values are. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us have not dug deep on what our values really are. So we say nice things like, oh, family and love and generosity and, I don't know, you fill in the blank, whatever, good things. They're all good things. They're not bad things. But you can really only filter through, according to Brene Brown's research, two core values. So if you don't know what those are for yourself, it's really hard to live them out in your relationships. My core values, weirdly enough, are impact and efficiency. I'm still figuring out how those often, how those filter into, how especially efficiency filters into my relationships. Because I like to speed date y'all, I guess, is really what it is. That's how I figure out who I'm, who I'm connected to. Um, but living out those values, figuring out what they are, and then living them out through your relationships, being able to talk in your relationships about them. The N engraving is for non-judgment. And this really brings together all of the other stuff, right? Because if we're doing accountability, because if we're living in integrity, because if we're doing all of those things, then we don't have to judge each other when we mess up, right? We have a type of relationship where we can still have grace with one another, where we can still enjoy the relationship without feeling like, are we in competition? Is she doing better than I am? Should I be doing it differently than I am? That type of thing. Um, I have uh, two friends that we get together quite a bit, and I have my kids in public school. One has her kids in private school, and another one is homeschooling her kids. And of course, schooling of kids is a topic that we discuss, right? And we are not at all on the same page with how we're doing it or what we're doing, and yet there is no judgment in that. It's just sharing and empathizing and recognizing that we're in different places, and that's okay. 
And that's really hard in today's political climate. So that's one that we really need to think about where, on a scale of one to 10, are we really showing up with non-judgment and being there for others? And last but not least, generosity. Are we extending the most generous interpretation to the intentions, words, and actions of others? When my friend says something that hurts my feelings, am I able to be generous and be like, that was not about me? Or, after the 17th time, am I like, hmm, maybe that was about me, and maybe we need to evaluate this differently. But am I, to the best of my ability, and communicating in that clear way, here's what's going on. I want to believe that you're not saying this to hurt my feelings, but this is how, it's, how I'm receiving it. Can we discuss it? That type of thing. Are we being generous in our relationships in that way? So that is braving. So my first tool that we talked about was evaluating where people belong in our social sweet shop. And now we're going to talk about where do I, how am I doing as a double chocolate cake friend? How am I doing? So rate yourself. And again, this is all in the PDF, so when you get that later, you can do this on your own. But rate yourself. Think about each of these categories. How am I doing in my most important relationships, whether they are romantic relationships or relationships with friends or even with our kids or our family members of origin? How are we doing? How are we showing up? What does this look like for us? And then choose an area. This is what I encourage you to do. Choose an area that you're like, you know what? That's an area I want to get better in. For me, about a decade ago, vault was that area for me because I just love to have the information. I like to know what's going on and I like to share it. I like people to know. So I was like, you know what? That's not me being a good friend. I need to work on that. So I did. But give yourself grace, friends. That's what number three is. Come on. Give yourself grace. <laughs> None of us are perfect. None of us have straight tens across the board on this braving, right? We are all in this together. We are all working through it together. So just communicating about it, working through it, and giving ourselves grace as we do so. And then make time. Make time to spend with these people that are important in your life. If you have some Rice Krispie friends and you're looking to develop into some double chocolate cake friends, get it on the calendar. And then talk about it. And then show up as if you are a double chocolate cake friend. You know, Start to put in that time. Start to put in that effort. Start to put in that energy to make it worth it for both of you. Because you're going to live longer if you do. And why do I need you to live longer? Because you guys are amazing. So here's the QR code again. What you're going to get if you give me your email address for that is the relationship bundle. I will send it to you via email. And then the vision board bundle as well, which is what we had out um, on the table earlier. So just a little bit of a gift for you so that you can talk through this and think through this on your own time. Take, take some time to do that. So. Give me just a couple more seconds to do that. <laughs> All right. So Catherine, where are we now? We did not attend each other's weddings. We did not even know that we were pregnant with our first children at the same time, and they were born less than two weeks apart. But, say what you will, through the magic of social media, we reconnected. And while we are not double chocolate cake friends to one another anymore, because that's just not where we're at in our lives, she was the very first person that I called when I found out that I was unexpectedly pregnant with my third child because I knew she would be involved for me. I knew she would be honest with me. I knew that she would be there when I called. And this is not like we talk to each other on the phone, we don't. But I called her and we had that conversation. And she has three daughters that she has enrolled in my programs 
virtually because she lives up in Chicago again. And she has invited me to come speak at her school where she works as a teacher. And when I was on the stage, as she said, in 2019, she came down for the entire weekend to see me on stage. So no, we're not where we were. And we probably never will be. But the impact that she had on my life is priceless. And that's what I want you to think about as you're evaluating yourself and your friendships, that nothing is wasted. These relationships are worth investing in. For you, definitely. For them as well, but not just that. For all of us and the girls that are watching you and seeing how does this work? How do I want to show up? Who do I want to be in order for the world to get the awesome, greatness, amazingness that is inside of me that I'm still trying to figure out? That's why we do this work. That's why it's important. I want you to cultivate your squad. Cultivate your squad. Because you have adventures, and you have dreams, and you have treasures, some of which you've started to discover, but it's not all out there. No matter how successful you are right now, y'all, I guarantee you, you're still just at the tip of the iceberg. There is so much more awesomeness in you, so invest and cultivate these relationships so you can live longer, and those people can help you elevate to that next level. Friends, I want you to keep choosing your thoughts. Go out for the next week, month, year, decade, and create a life that you love, your fierce life, because you, I guarantee, are changing the world. Then therefore have stronger relationships. So one more time. Yeah.